Pastor Provit for granting this wonderful opportunity to come and testify and to share the word of God tonight. Since the time he was holding his uh, position as a mission secretary in the ABFC, his uh, concern towards the missions was great. I appreciate uh, his, his generosity and a great mind towards the missions. <laughs> I appreciate you, brother. And uh, you might have heard a lot of things about the country of India. It's a highly a populated country. We are the second largest populated country in the world next to China. Every third man in the world is an Indian. When I travel in the United States, sometimes it makes me to feel some evacuation have happened in some places because I couldn't see the people on the roads. In India, you can see people like flies everywhere. Lot of people. Very noisy country. Very dirty country. <laughs> and uh, I, God chosen me and made me to born in that country because that is his perfect will. <laughs> and... Uh, Every country has got a different opinion about other country. If you go to India and ask about America, everybody will think big skyscrapers, fast cars. Everybody, they, everybody will think America is like Hollywood, but that's not the truth. The real America is entirely different what they see in the television. As the same way, the many people what here they see about India in television is entirely different from what real India is. And uh, India is a country has got a lot of diversities, language, culture, food style. You just imagine in Kentucky they speak different language, in Tennessee they speak different language. I can't understand when I go to the next state. <laughs> I married a girl from other state, but her mother tongue and my mother tongue is entirely different. We both spoke in English when we got married. So every state they speak different, different language. And... Uh, to me, traveling in United States is very easier than traveling in, in India. Because everybody speaks English. I can understand, I can communicate with the people. But India is a little funny country. Every state, they speak different language. But of course, in administration and banking and other official things, we have English as a common language, but still everybody doesn't know the English. And... Uh, since we were under the colony of the British for 450 years, the Anglican Church was well established in the land of India. And before that, uh, missionaries came from Germany and Sweden and some other European countries and they brought the gospel to the land of India. More than that, 
2,000 years before one of the apostles, Thomas, he came to the land of India and preached the gospel. I'm very glad and happy to be say the first Indian believer was baptized in Jesus' name. And he preached the gospel all across the nation. And he, he died as a martyr. And he was buried there. It's not very far from me. It's, uh, his tomb is just uh, 50 miles from the place where I'm living. I'm inviting the pastor and his family to come and make one time a mission trip to India so that I can take you and show these places. <clears throat> and... Uh, and in the midst of the 60s, the real breakthrough came in Christianity. My dad was born and raised up as an Anglican. And he received a sprinkled baptism in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Then later on, the Pentecostal movement came in the late 50s. The way the Pentecostal preachers preach about the hell, everybody used to come to the altar. <laughs> they describe. The hell is so hot. <laughs> but in early 60s, the apostolic message again came and started working in the land of India. My dad was attending one of the crusades in 1962. He got the Holy Ghost and he got the revelation of the baptism in Jesus' name. At that time, he would be in his... 18 or 19 I'm not I don't know exactly about that and uh, I know certain informations that time he was studying in a college and after he finished the college he was working in a bank and a five and a half years and in that age he was having a real passion for the gospel of Jesus Christ and before going to the work and after coming from the work he always go to the villages and visit the people in the streets and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. But in 1969, he received the calling of the Lord. He just left the job and he came to the town where I'm living, which is 40 miles away from the city where he was living. And he started a missionary work there. There was no apostolic church at all. The first church, my dad always used to say, one Sunday morning, I don't know how to worship the Lord. I just took my piano accordion and came out of my house and I played a song, Jesus Loves You. All the street children came. I slowly started to take the kids inside the house. That was the first church I had, he said. He, he started a very humble beginning from the grassroots, from nothing. And he traveled village to village and street to street and house to house and preached the gospel there. And he, he, he used to stand under a tree and play a piano accordion and sing a song and preach the gospel. People started receiving the Holy Ghost. And that's how he won the souls for Christ. And that's the way he established the ministry in 1969 and gradually... The ministry grown and we have completed 45 years by the grace of God. Hallelujah. I born and raised up in apostolic family. 
By the grace of God, I'm saved. I never tasted the alcohol in my life. I never smoked the cigarette. I never been to the cinema theater. I never took the drugs in my life. From the crawling baby, I found Jesus in my life. When I was 18 years old, God started to deal with my life. Then I totally submitted my life for the work of the Lord. Then I started to work with my dad in a full time. From the childhood, I know the pros and cons of the ministry. My dad gone through a tough situations and uh, hard situations, dark times in his life. After I seen all these things, psychologically my mind was affected. But I love the Lord. I love God's people. But still I don't want to do the ministry. I always used to tell God that, God, I want to be a good believer. I can give all my tithe and offering. I can be a very honest believer, Lord. I can, I can help in the church whatever the way they want me to do. But I cannot do the ministry. That was my stubborn decision with God. But God cannot leave me. <laughs> but if I try to have my own decision, God already has his own decision for me. It will come to pass. Then he, he made me and he uh, allowed me to go through uh, some tough situations in my life to realize, to understand my calling in my life. Then I submitted my life for the Lord in the age of 18. Then I started work with my dad. I started evangelizing and I was associate pastor in the church. I traveled to the many places. The, the time which I worked with my dad was a wonderful golden times in my life. Because his experience and the knowledge, the wisdom that he got, it really mentored my life to understand the reality of the ministry. Uh, nowadays, many people, they think the ministry is a fancy work. No, it's not a fancy work. It's a humble work. We are all the servants. Every apostle is a servant. Every prophet is a servant. Every evangelist is a servant. Every teacher, pastor is a servant. They are not the kings. My dad taught me, you need only the main two things in your, in your life. To do the ministry of God. The one, number one is humbleness. Another one is the love of God. If you don't have this both, you can't do nothing. You may be a very intellectual man. You can preach the word of God like you can just flip the pages like from one end to another end. That's not a big deal. But God is expecting something more than that. You need the humble of God. So I just put myself in the presence of God. I allowed God to shape my vessel to be humble and to be a loving. So because of that grace, and God helped me to work with him, and in 2002, he gone to be with the Lord, and then I started to continue the ministry. And his death was unexpected, so they put a big pressure on my head. <laughs> But 
really God started to take care of that. And that time my younger brother Jamie was uh, studying in the college. He was doing his master's degree in computer. I thought this guy will go to America and make good money. He is a very smart guy. And uh, I didn't force him, I didn't tell anything. I told him, just obey what the Lord says. In this area, only God has to give a right direction. Even I cannot help you. I can pray for you, but I cannot put any pressure on you. Then my brother, he started to pray and fast and seeking the Lord for many days. And he found the right calling in his life. And he came and told me, brother, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going to America. I'm not going to any big company to make good money. Let's be both joined together and work in the kingdom of God. He's a, he's a man with a good qualities. Very humble man, very knowledgeable man. He's a great asset to the ministry. And uh, I thank God for him. And uh, the purpose that me or my brother comes here not to enjoy any pleasure or good things of America, only for the purpose of the India missions work. Every time when I come and go back, the people there used to ask me, did you see that? Did you see Walt Disney? No, I didn't see. I didn't go for that. <laughs> I have seen many times I've seen McDonald's. <laughs> many times I have seen the KFC, Cracker Bell. Many times I've eaten the food which I didn't like it. Just a piece of sandwich and a bottle of water and if you give me a pillow, I can sleep there and go back. I didn't come for anything. The God's ministry is in my mind. <clears throat> so, uh, the main purpose in my ministry is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The helping the poor, building the school, helping the medical field, everything is good. But the, what is the priority in the ministry is to preach and teach the word of God. In many ministries and organizations, they miss the priority. And Jesus said in John chapter 13, he said, and for some of them thought, because Judas had a bag that Jesus had said unto them, buy those things that we have need of against the feast, or that ye should give something to the poor. So in his ministry, he has a, a thing to helping the people. I don't know what all he has given. He might have given some clothing, food, money, whatever it may be. But at the same time, the Matthew chapter 11 says, <coughs> poor have the gospel preached to them. So if anybody is in need and helping the people is a temporary, but the gospel can only transform their life. In book of Isaiah, there is a scripture, lack of knowledge, people are perishing. Why people are dying in poverty? Because they don't know the real God who prospers them. Why people are dying in sickness? Because they didn't know about the healer. 
Why people are dying in sin? Because they don't know anything about the Savior. The first message the people what they need is a right introduction about Jesus Christ. But a lot of organizations and denominations, they put everything opposite. And they started to help the people monetarily and giving education. They put much emphasis on that and they missed the main part of it. And the charismatic groups, they came and they started only preaching about the miracles and wonders. What the Bible says, when you preach the word, the signs and wonders will follow. The, the word will never follow the signs and the wonders. The signs and the wonders will follow the message. And every minister, if he keeps himself honest in the pulpit, the signs and wonders will follow what he preached. Because if I preach a word, I am responsible what I said. The what I preached here, it's not my word, it's God's word. For the word which comes out of my mouth, he is responsible. He has to prove it. By my preaching, I can give a hard time to God. <laughs> because he has to prove it. But one thing is very important. I have to do everything according to the word of God. <laughs> and uh, we have a great burden towards the uh, people who are doing the ministry in the land of India. Under the program called the Kingdom Program. And we are supporting 16 full-time ministers financially. And also we have a program called the Father's Care Program. Through this, we are helping the uh, poor people, widows, orphans, and buying clothes and helping them in their education and helping them to construct their houses and whatever the need comes in their life. <clears throat> and uh, in 2002... My dad wanted to start a Bible training institute. That was his great vision. But before he brings everything into a, a existence, he passed away. Then after he died, I started to work on that. And God really opened the ways and he provided the resources to start a Bible training institute there. We dedicated that in 2004. And out of that, I trained 80 young brothers and sisters in apostolic doctrine. <laughs> A lot of brothers and sisters have gone to their respective places and some are doing full-time ministry, some are doing a part-time ministry. They are just building the kingdom of God. And last year we were not able to conduct our, our teaching session because of the big drought we are we faced in our place uh, and uh, that's the reason because of the lack of water no water supply we gone through a very tough situations and that's the reason we were not able to conduct it but i hope this year we can make that and uh, i request every one of you to kindly pray for us and for the ministry we have a local assembly and we have a hundred believers in the church Wonderful people, very loving people. 
and 99% of the church people have come from the Hindu background. They've never been to church before. they never read Bible before. They know about Jesus Christ is the God of Christians. But they don't know anything about God. Knowing about Jesus and knowing Jesus is an entirely different thing. Even many Christians, they know about Jesus, but still they don't know God. Because God expecting the personal relationship with him. And that, through that only we can experience his presence, his love, his grace, and his mercy. We can, we can smell his perfect love in our life. And in uh, <clears throat> politically, we are facing a lot of challenges in this time. And uh, last year, we had our elections. Uh, we have a prime minister. You have a president here. But this prime minister, he is, um, he is a radical Hindu religious backup man. So he wants to do everything just to please the Hindu people. And recently, he wants to bring a law called anti-conversion law. Our constitution says, I can follow any religion. I can practice my religion. I can preach my religion. That's my constitution says. But they want to change and alter the law, and they want to bring a law called anti-conversion law. The main target is to stop the missionary work in India. And uh, he's doing his level best to bring that, but churches are strongly praying. See, God is a powerful God. When Peter was arrested and put him in the jail, and the and the, <clears throat> and the leader wants to release him out on the next day. Before that day, the angel of the Lord came, entered the prison and released him. Because God can enter and go to any level to do anything for his kingdom. I, one day I said, even in the assembly or parliament, in the administrative office, even if they try to do something which is against to the Christians, even they set up something, program in the computer, even God can go and smash that computer. <laughs> because my God is a powerful God. He can, he can enter any place and he can change the things and he can alter the things. Because God gave a promise to the church, I will build my church. And the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. And uh, in this last day, not only in India, in every country, uh, some kind of a God, dark situation is coming against the true church of Christ. There are churches, they can be compromises. They can be, uh, they can be anything. But the true church of the living God will always stand in the foundation of the word of God. It will never compromise with anything. And uh, I want to be like that. If I compromise with the world, I will lose my part in heaven. So God called me to stand in a platform that is the word of God. And uh, we need your prayers. And we need thanks for your kind support. Whenever my brother comes, you uh, blessed him with a wonderful offering. Thanks for your generosity and kindness. And that all that money has been used for the missions work in the land of India. And we, uh, I request you to kindly pray for us and for the ministry. Uh, this time I couldn't, I was not able to bring uh, 
pictures uh, because I was in a lot of busy time. I was going in the uh, in India. Uh, I'm going to be here in states till 20th of April. Still four more weeks are there, and I need your precious prayers. This time I had a very rough flight, a lot of delays. Almost it took three days for me to reach Nashville. Uh, and I lost the connections. I was having a hard time. But anyhow, God brought me safely, safely to this country. <clears throat> and uh, I hope this testimony will be a great blessing to you. And I just pointed out and highlighted certain things. And few minutes, I would like to lead your attention to the word of God tonight. Uh, if you don't mind, please turn with me to book of Proverbs. Chapter number three. Verse number five and six. Proverbs three, five and six. <clears throat> it's one of the very familiar scripture to all of us. I would like to speak on this scripture, what the Lord puts in my heart. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. This evening I would like to speak on a title for a few minutes Acknowledging God. Acknowledging God. Let's pray. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father. We come to your throne of grace tonight. We wanted to hear something from you, God. Lord, I'm an unworthy vessel standing in your presence. Put your word in my mouth, O oh God. And help me to preach well. You are the author of the word. You will have to give the exhortation to thy word. And help me to be a blessing to these sweet people, O God. I give all honor and glory to thee. We ask it in Jesus' holy precious name. Amen. Please be seated. English is not my mother tongue. I don't know, it's, uh, it's, it's not American English, it's not a British English, but I try to speak English. Acknowledging God. When I read this case, same scripture in the Amplified Bible, it says, Lean on, trust in, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding in all your ways know recognize and acknowledge him let me repeat one more time in all your ways know recognize and acknowledge him and he will direct and make stride and plane your paths so they're acknowledging god is a very important in our christian life few minutes before, uh, as a ministers in God's kingdom, we have come here as a visitors. 
And pastor, he was mentioning everybody's name and he's giving an acknowledgement. I feel this church is respecting us. When teacher enters a classroom, the students are standing up and say good morning to the teacher. It means they are acknowledging their teacher. When we go to our office, when we see our boss... We say hello, good morning to him because we are acknowledging him is my boss. When we meet a friend in our way, we just wave our hands and say hi. It means I am acknowledging him. When I see my relative or some friend or a believer in a shopping mall, I just go and shake his hand and spend a few seconds. I say hello, how you are doing? It means I am acknowledging him. But when you acknowledge about God, it's not just making a few words and saying, Hi Jesus, how are you? It has a deep meaning and it has a deep value inside. Many times people, they just want to acknowledge God only on Sundays. Some people they want to acknowledge God only in the time of trouble and problems. Some people they want to acknowledge God because they belong to a Christian religion. But acknowledging God is an entirely different thing according to the Bible. When I studied about how can I acknowledge God? Just by word or just reading the Bible or just praying or regularly attending the services? Is it an acknowledgement that I am giving? Many people thinking like that. But this thing, if we think praying, reading the Bible, singing some songs and making some worship and giving some offering and attending the services is an acknowledgement to God... It is just a part of an acknowledgement. That's not a full acknowledgement. So when I studied this under this title, when I went through the Bible, God opened my eyes to understood certain things. The point number one, in the acknowledging God means we must accept the finished works of Jesus Christ. When we read... A scripture uh, in the book of Psalm 138, 8 says, The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me, and mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. God is very concerned about the work, what he is doing. In the time of creation, he is not a just a sleeping God or a lazy God. He is not a dumb God or a dead God. He is a, he is a, he is a living God. Yeah. The, 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 the very first scripture of the Bible gives an introduction about our God. He is a creator. He is a God who does something. Yeah. 
In Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and he found everything is empty and void and then he said let there be, let there be, let there be. He created everything and after the creation he saw and he found everything is good. See we always do something and taking to the presence of God and we ask God to give some mark for that. But God always wants to put a mark for his own work. And after all the creation, he said, he found everything is good. But when you come to the point of the plan of salvation, he came to the world with a purpose. He came with a uh, human body. Bible says God manifested in flesh. To fulfill the plan of salvation, he completed everything perfectly. We don't need to do anything for that. While he was hanging on the cross, Jesus said, it's finished. Nowadays, some of the Christian teachings are teaching, make, teaching the people, no, 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 Jesus only did a part of the thing. You have to do certain things for that. Well, no, 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 we don't need to do anything. Once God finishes his work, it's finished. We don't need to take anything out. We don't need to add anything with that. Because my God is a perfect God. Whatever he does, it's a perfect. When we try to add and take out something out of that, we are indirectly disrespecting and hurting the feeling of God. For example, if I come to your home, you are serving a cup of tea. If I take that cup of tea and if I have a make a funny look towards that cup, whether it's clean or not, then I'm making a smell. So since I come to your house, you are overwhelmed with me as a brother, you prepared a nice tea for me. So if I want to acknowledge your love, I have to just take and drink, I say it's good. But without telling that, if I try to make a funny look towards the tumbler and smell it out and smell it out, then I put my little finger. The sh- it means, you look at me, what this fellow is doing. I- I'm preparing tea since, I, uh, since my age of 15. I prepared so many thousands of teas. Why this fellow is doubting on my work? Many times people are doing the same kind of thing to God. (laughs) They want to add something. They want to take out something. God said it's finished. Just believe. Just believe. I did everything for you. I paid everything for you. I finished everything for you. I thrown out everything for you. I made everything correctly for you. Just take it. Believe it. Believe it. Take it. Take it. Believe it. That's all. That's a Christian life. That's a Christian life. We cannot become righteous by our own deeds. When, when Adam and Eve, when they committed sin, they tried to f- cover their naked by themselves. God said, the sun is very hot. The leaf that you covered around that your nakedness will get dry very soon. That won't be permanent. 
you'll be in trouble. If a hard wind blows, everything will go off. But then you have to hide yourself like this in a public area. Wait a minute, I'm going to do something for you. He went and made a sacrifice and gave a dress out of the skin. That is the finished work of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, for we, Hebrews 4.3 says, for we which we have believed do enter into the rest. Some people very particular about celebrating the Sabbath is the seventh day. Some they go to the church on Saturday. As the believers, every day is a Sabbath for us. After Jesus finished all his work perfectly on the cross of Calvary, from that day, the Sabbath has started to the New Testament church. To my understanding, I believe my God have done everything for me. So every year, every month, every week, every day, every hour, every minute and a second is a Sabbath to me. Because I have to be in rest because my Jesus have done everything for me. Because I want to acknowledge him. No bishop or a priest or uh, any leader cannot do anything like Jesus because what he has done, it's finished. And secondly, we have to acknowledge the word of God. That's the way we can acknowledge God. And when we, if we read a scripture in Matthew chapter 7 verse number 24, and 25 says, Therefore whosoever heareth this saying of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blow, and beaten up the ho that house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon the rock because that wise man, he acknowledged the word of God. So when he, when they both wants to build a house, the Bible says one man is a wise, one man is a foolish. How, in what way the Bible discriminates he is a fool and he is a wise. The wise man, he obeys the word of God. The foolish man, he violates the word of God. Nowadays, the many people, they think we cannot live by Bible like in these last days, brother. This is a modern time. No, the Bible, the God who gave the Bible is the same yesterday, today and forever. He never changes. He never changes. The many times the people are uh, facing problem in their personal life. People are facing problem in their uh, family life. People are facing the problems in their ministry and churches because they are not acknowledging the word of God as it is. Just to, how can I live a happy life? They are going and searching for a books in the bookstore. We have a better book in our hands. To have a happy life, all the solutions are there in the 66 books. We don't need any other book. Right. 
If you want to know about the how to be prosper, go to the Bible. How you want to be saved, go to the Bible. So there is an answer, perfect answer is already written by the Holy Ghost in the word of God. There is a need in the kind of Galilee. And Mary said to the servant, just do what he says. When a foolish man builds his house in the sand, his works comes up very fast. And he, he does his work very fast and quick. In that time, in his perspective, the wise man looks like a foolish man. <laughs> but God is looking in a different way. And God is expecting a people in these last days who really respects and honor his perfect word. And the churches are violating the word of God. Governments are violating the word of God. Families are violating the word of God. But the true church of God should not violate the word. It must stand on the word of God. Amen. Now, the nowadays, the lot of ministries, I don't know about much about the United States. I'm talking about India. A lot of ministry, they, they work on strategies. Brother, uh, to win the soul, we have to do this. I believe in some strategies. But what is the main point? The only the gospel can change the lives of the people. Out of that, we can't do anything. <laughs> so honoring the word of God and respecting the word of God is the very most important thing in our life. But the Bible says the flood came, the wind blew, and it attacked both the houses, and one house it stood, and one house it was flat on the ground. Because what is the reason he violated the word of God? Many times we are, people are praying for the revival. What is revival? Revival is not a, some kind of emotional feeling. Restoring our life back to the original. Wow. Nothing else. Restoring back our life to the original. So now the church is in a process has to restore his spiritual standard not decided by any organization or any denomination. It was already decided by the Holy Ghost that was already revealed to the early church through the apostles. There was a great challenge happened in the Mount Carmel. Between the prophet of Baal and the prophet Elijah. And when his term came, he didn't shout, he didn't scratch his body, he didn't do any emotional feelings. He started to work on something very meticulous. He respected the word of God. He, he never made a big prayer. He never fasted. He didn't do anything. Lord, remember, I did everything according to thy word. The fire came and consumed everything. Because if you acknowledge God and his word in your life. The many times in the apostolic realm. It's very sad to say we all many brethren they stick on only with Acts 2.38. Children obey your parents. That's the apostolic message. 
Wife, submit yourself to your husband. That's an apostolic message. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's an apostolic message. Every book, every chapter, every scripture, every verse, every word in the Bible, it's an apostolic message. We have to acknowledge everything. Not just with the Acts 2.30. There is 39 is there after that. 40 is there. 42 is there. 3 is there. Lot of things are there. Lot of epistles are there. We have to grow up to the stature of the perfect man called Jesus Christ. The Acts 2 that baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost is just a first grade lesson. How long we can preach on that? The Paul is writing, how long I can preach, preach, preach the same thing. Let us proceed unto a perfection. We have to acknowledge the word of God. The past centuries, the only the apostolic realm, they know the value of the word. Charismatics, they just go on with the different things. Different, different people, they stick on with different things. The only the apostolic realm started, they, they know how to acknowledge the word of God. But the tra- it's a very tragic point. Even the apostolic realm, they are neglecting the word of God in these last days. They want more people. They want more money. They don't want God. One day I preached in a pastor's seminary. I said, if you preach this, these people will go. If I preach this, these people will go. If I preach this, these people will go. If you start preaching on this strategy, one fine morning, you will have a lot of people in your church. God won't be there. No matter how many people are there in the church. And more than that, we need God in our presence. The Bible says, one or two gathered in my name. The one who acknowledges my name. The one who accepts my word. The one who acknowledges my word. I am there to bless them. And acknowledging God is very important in our life. It's, it's a quite a big sermon. I'm not going to preach the whole thing. You're all very tired. Tomorrow you have to go to your work. So I'm just going to highlight a few things and I'm closing 10 minutes. The Bible says we have to acknowledge every authority. No authority didn't come by itself. Every authority is established by God. We are all subjection to the high powers in the world, in the family, in the church of God. When I was a kid, I when I see my dad, even though he was a he was my physical dad, I used to respect him because he is my spiritual father. Nowadays, kids they don't care about how to respect the man of God. <laughs> Children they don't know how to obey to their parents. Being a father and mother to a child is not our own choice. It is ordained by God. God gave the fruit of your womb. By birth, you become a father and mother to that children. And the children become their... You have become the parents to the children. And they all under your authority. 
in the marriage realm, the Bible says the woman have to submit herself to an husband. The husband must love the wife because everything is under the subjection of an authority. When we come to the church of God, the Bible says the fivefold ministries are there. Some are called as apostles, teachers, pastors, and uh, prophets. But all these offices that God established in the church, but we have to acknowledge everybody. No matter who you see, if anybody comes as an anointed, ordained man of God, it is my duty to acknowledge him. When David came to Saul, he's just neglecting him because of the age. And uh, David says, allow me, let me go and fight with that guy. Because he was having a great passion and a zeal to do something for God. Because he already tasted the power of God in his life. He killed a lion. He killed a, killed a bear. So now he's telling me, allow me. But Saul says, from the childhood he knows how to, he is a warrior. You are just a shepherd boy. Other day I preached one message on this subject. The talented will not match to the anointed. I am speaking before you. I have never been to a theological seminary. I am not an educated man. I am just a 12th grade school boy. But God is using me. The greatest preachers in the world. They have never been to school. Some are dropped from the school, but there was anointing inside. This morning I preached, I mentioned about D.L. Moody and Brother William Branham. All these guys, they didn't go to school much. One day the D.L. Moody was preaching. He was a big-sized man. Suddenly one British man stood up and said, You shut up, Moody, you're speaking a very bad, grammarless English. It's so funny. And he didn't stop. He was just continuing the preaching. Because British people are very proud about their language. They speak Queen's English. But he didn't stop. But after the message, thousands of people came to the altar. That was the work of God. There was anointing in him. We have to acknowledge. Many times people always see, they look, how they dress. Even some of the preachers, they... They measure how to stretch for their hand. <laughs> they practice before the mirror. <laughs> Yesterday I heard a message of a Jeff Arnold and he said, Lord, squeeze the shirts and suits of thy people. <laughs> Let them get mad in your presence, oh God. <laughs> this is not a business meeting, just to be very smart and... I'm standing in one place because I'm a little bit nervous because I'm in a different congregation. This is not this place of performance. It is a place to receive the word from the Lord.
I don't believe in the best preacher, great preacher. I don't believe in this terminologies. Who gives the glimpse? I'm preaching almost 25 years. If God didn't put a word in my mouth, I can't speak here. Whether you are an Indian or a black man or a Jew or a Gentile, no matter. If he is anointed by God, we have to acknowledge him. When we fail to do acknowledging the God's finished work, when we fail to acknowledge the God's word, when we fail to acknowledge the authority which God established towards your life, when, we, when you fail to acknowledge everything which God put before your life, you are insulting God. The Bible says, don't lean on your own understanding. So whatever the things we come through in our life, we always take the phone. I don't know who invented this bloody <laughs> cell phone. Sorry for the vocabulary. They just take the phone. Brother, what do you think about it? I'm going to do like this. What are you thinking about it? They are, they are just going on with an opinions and opinions. Every opinion will get your life to get mad. Shut the phone. Shut the windows. Close the door. Go to the presence of God. Open the Bible. Read it with prayer. The Almighty will give you the right direction for every part of your life. Because he is a living God. He is not a dead God. I tasted the love of God in my life. Sometimes when we... I, I always respect people. Sometimes even some of the elderly people, the advice and counseling, what they gave, it's totally against the word of God. I cannot agree with them. Because of their age, I respect them, but I think what they say is not good. But when we come to the presence of God, when we acknowledge his presence, he is there to guide us and to help us. Many times God feels very sorry about his children, why they are not acknowledging me. That for them only I died on the cross. For them only I did everything. For them only I give my word. For them only I give everything. But they are not recognizing me and acknowledging me. They are going here and there and making the counseling. For example, if you, are, if you take, just I'm closing with this example, brother. If you are taking your kid with you, if you are traveling from Nashville to some place, if you are waiting for a plane to catch up in an airport, if your son or a daughter just go to the another passenger who is sitting before you asking for a sandwich, what you will feel about it? That situation will bring you a shame. He is insulting you. Because as a father and mother, you are there to take care of him. Many times God is there in our midst. We are his child. He is our father. He says, I never leave thee, never forsake thee. We are holding, he is standing here. We are just running here and there and seeking the help. We are not just exactly acknowledging that God is there. Sometimes even people when they see face to face, they won't acknowledge us. Some, some people are like that. I don't know why. Even they see you face to face, they just turn the face and go. 
When we do the same thing to God, how he feels. He paid a great price on the cross of Calvary for your prosperity and for my prosperity, for your blessing, for my blessing, for your success, for my success. He has done everything for us. Yeah. The day I preached and I said, for every blessing of God that you enjoy in your life as a value, but what value you can fix for the salvation that Jesus gave to you freely. It is the most expensive thing in the world is the salvation of God because Jesus paid his blood on the cross as a price. Why Jesus gave it freely to us? Because we cannot afford it. If, if I go and see something very expensive in a store, I can just looking at there. But I don't have money to buy it. If somebody comes with a big heart, with a generosity, if he buys and gives me freely, my face is changing. Because I'm not able to afford that. That's the reason I got it freely. Many times people, they think about the salvation. Since they receive it freely, they think it is a, it's a cheap thing. It's a very expensive thing. It's a very expensive wow. thing. We have to acknowledge God in our life. In these last days, the day I was talking to a pastor, I'm, I'm just telling this to every church, this time, this end time is a time of transition. And a lot of souls sitting in different churches, their souls are longing with the thirst and hunger. They are seeking for a place where their soul can be fed. And in this time, this is our time, this is your time, this is my time. I need to be available for to fulfill the need of the God's people. And God is going to fulfill our churches again back. This a transition is going to happen. In that time, I have to be ready to take care of these people. A lot of false teachings and attractions deceive the people many centuries and before the coming of the Lord God wants his church to be restored back to his original foundation that is his truth not only on only with the Acts 238 with the fullness God is expecting somebody for that don't lean on in your own thinking and understanding acknowledge God in every area of your life, he will bring everything to pass. It's a promise of God. It is his word. It is his duty to prove that word in our personal life, family life, and in our ministry. Because he never tells lies. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. May the Lord bless you all in Jesus' name.